All right, good morning. How are we doing? Good. What a beautiful day, huh? A little crisp, a little crisp in here, you know, a little, a little it's still winter. Uh, we'll take the sun. Well, God is good in that way, and, and, and just great to see you here today. If you're online, we're glad to connect with you this morning. Um, I had a lot of coffee, so I feel a little jittery, so if this goes like, just slow it down, you're like, slow, slower down, slower down a little bit, Dan, that would be helpful to that. No, great to see you here, and, and uh, so if I'm projecting energy, that might be it, and, or there could be a coffee crash. I mean, we could get 10 minutes into this thing, like, oh, man, let's we'll so, we'll so see what happens, but we're glad you're here, glad you connect with us. We're doing this series called The Chosen Life, so we're kind of, I think, smack halfway through this thing. We've got a couple more weeks after that. Uh, and we're talking about decisions that we make, really daily decisions. We choose life. Because as much as we've been chosen by God, we choose to be chosen. We choose to step into what he has. And today we're going to talk about a topic that you might be surprised, like, oh, I can choose that? That really is something I can, I can choose. And, and, and I think, it, you know, it starts with, really, when we talk about the very motivation of all that we do in, in life. And, you know, if you ask the average person, honestly, what what really matters to them, what's important to them in life. Deep down, you would probably, and you could have this conversation in your small group this week, is, is really people would say the answer to that is, what you really want to, I, I just want to be happy, right? Now, we don't really say it that way, but, well, maybe we do sometimes. At the end of the day, what, what really matters, like, we want to be healthy, and not just you want to be healthy, you want your, your family to be healthy, ha- happy and healthy too, uh, comes with it. We just, there's this, this and I think at times there's maybe nothing wrong with that response, but it's a little superficial, and yet deep down, like, no, I just, want, I just want to be happy. In fact, we've made being happy a right in America. Have you noticed that? We, we say, I don't have a right to be happy, don't I? And, and, and sometimes, like, people can justify that, people like, also kind of make excuses for that, too. I'm doing this. It seems like bad behavior, but don't, don't I have a right to be happy? Well, it's, it, you know, it's built into the Declaration of Independence, right? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of what? Happiness. happiness. We want happy. We want to be happy. And, and so happiness is, it, it, it's, we, we, it's, it's, it's a euphoric feeling at times. There's moments in our day that we're happy. If we're stressed, we're worried, or frustrated, we, we try to find our happy place, right? And let me ask you, where's your, where's your happy place? You know, and if you, if you live around here, well, Birch Bay is, is the, the, the camping capital of the Northwest, right? And, and so we, we sarcastically say, it's funny when people are being a happy camper, have you noticed when people say that? You know, they say, I'm not, you know, he's not a happy camper, or she's not a happy camper. It's funny when we say it. But we want to be happy campers at times. And so I don't know what your happy place looks like. You, you, you might find your pursuit of happiness could be hiking. It can be camping. It could be, you know, buying something new. It could be a burger. It could be a beer. It could be, you know, it could be yoga if you want to do that. Or, you know, people used to do hot yoga, which I never could figure out why you do hot yoga. But people, oh, it's so beneficial. Good for you. It just seems hot, okay, I don't think I'm going to do that, like that, so, but, you know, it's a state of mind, happiness, people say it's kind of state, but it is an actual place, I visited, you, some of you have been there, you took your kids there, it's called the happiest place on earth, right, 
it, it's, it's Disneyland. And, and so you, you maybe walk in there in your first time and, or you, you see your kids. I remember my children showing up first time like, wow, we're in Disneyland. And like pixie dust just kind of floats down upon us. And, and so then you go and then we had what, one morning we had, we got on our ticket said magic morning. And that meant we can get in, get in there first. And so all that meant was get in line first. And, and so then you're in line, and you're like, you know, and then it's great, we're there, and then you're in line more, and, and you know, and then, you know, that somebody eats a, you know, gets a corn dog, and it's like $25 for the corn dog, and then, then they drop it, you know, and then someone has to go to the bathroom, and then you see, you know, and then there's more line, and they say, well, fast pass, because you, you got, you're, you're, well, it's really happy because we got the fast pass. Well, now we're in 40, I thought it was fast, we're in 45-minute line. Well, that's a two-hour line, but you're in fast pass, it's 45 and then, and then, you know, I remember one time I, I lost my, car, my, my credit card at Disneyland. I'm like, this is not the happiest place at all. There's no happy here. But we've looked for the happy, the happy place, right? We want that. Happy moments, happy days, happy places, happy birthdays. Happy birthday, by the way, if it's your birthday. Happiness, we get the word, right? Happenstance, circumstance. We want to be happy. We have this demand, the right to be happy. And I want to challenge us this morning is that as much as I'm not down on, on being happy, the chosen life God has for us is actually more than being happy. That life God offers us as authentic followers of Christ is for us to transcend positive circumstances but actually leaning into what we consider like a constant state of fulfillment. God has something more sustainable and even life-changing. It's mere, just the mere state of happiness. It's more than happy. It is joy. And we, if this might blow your minds, we choose joy. We choose it. It's something that happy. I just feel joyful. I get the feeling but it's beyond that. It's not just happiness. It's superficial around us. Joy is something very deep that we have within us. True joy is not found in the superficial, but in, in the circumstances, but it's depth. It comes from the very, very spirit of God in us. Joy is a theme throughout scripture, and, and as you read through how people experience joy, it comes from the most unlikely people and unlikely circumstances. In fact, the Apostle Paul, one of the greatest leaders, you know, in, in the early church, planted churches, we have a lot of the letters he wrote. One of the letters that he wrote is, is in, to the church of Philippi, and, and if you pick in that book that we're going to look at this morning, specific, specific chapter in it, he uses in this book 11 times joy or rejoice and you're thinking wow man paul was a happy camper okay he he loved he, he must be he must be writing from his happy place if you call a jail cell happy then okay all right no he really he, he here's the thing he he was in chains and he writes as we're going to get to he says let me tell you the secret of contentment from there from that place there's this positive state of optimism and strength and hope that he expresses that's beyond happy. And it is what he describes as joy. And you find this little letter in this, this ancient church of Philippi who was going through mass persecution. He's encouraging him. He says, let me show you how to find joy. Well, in fact, he didn't just find joy. Joy, joy found him. 
You, you can read through the book of Acts how Paul, I mean, he, he, his happy place was to kill Christians. He, he, he was first named Saul, and his mission, in fact, he thought it would make God happy to take out Christians. Well, what happened? He became one. He was on the road, dusty road to Damascus, and God struck him blind and had this experience. And out of that experience, he turns to Jesus, and then he realizes really what it's all about. And, and, and we read that how Paul, he traveled all these different places, and then more persecution come, where he was a hero at one point, now becomes the arch enemy, and they try to squelch his ministry, and so they put him in chains in Rome, and he thought, well, that's okay, I'm just going to write letters, or have help writing letters, slipping through the door, door cell, to, and spread all through the different uh, different areas and the different churches and pretty soon uh, these letters circulate and spread and, and people are coming to faith and the church grows and they're like well we should keep all these letters together and, and also the words of Jesus himself and they, they put them together in the Old Testament we don't, we don't want to, that's good there's some things that help us fulfill what God's done and they, let's put it all together in a notebook called the Bible and we have that today. If Paul didn't what maybe wasn't put in chains. I don't know if we would have what we have today. God knew what needed to happen. But understand, as we read the context of this, Paul expresses something that's way beyond happy. Chapter 4, verse 4, this is, what, this is what Paul says. Okay, remember where he's writing from. Remember what he's expressing here as we do. In fact, can we read it together here? Read it, read it out loud with me. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Okay, you didn't get it the first time, Paul's saying do it. Get, get it this time. This word rejoice, re, we think about return, repeat. We use this in a lot. It means going back to, to the place to the place where, well, where joy lies, where, where it's truly founded. Re rejoice, it's this idea of, of you know, like re-up. Kind of like, you know, we, you re-up membership. Some of you are like, I re-up my Costco membership. Oh, good for you. You did that. That's awesome. There's a lot of things that we re-up, probably a little bit even bigger. Like you think of, you think, you think of uh, soldiers who re-up to re-enlist, right? Like commitment. There's something, there's something important that they're going to do that's what this is about saying i'm re-upping joy every day I'm, I'm i'm waking up and going i'm recommitting to joy i'm i'm i'm, I'm paul, paul is saying the same thing to us recommitting to this means that that you're actually even though whatever happens to you everything you go through guess what the, no matter the circumstances no matter the good days or the bad days this is what i do why because he says let your gentleness be evident to all the lord is near. He, he's saying out of rejoicing comes the state of realizing what? That the Lord is near. It, he's there to help us. And when we read that, we're like, ooh, the Lord's near. The Lord's watching like a, like a watchdog. And he's going to squash you. No, that's not what this is about. It's actually the opposite. God's saying, I'm, I'm partnering with you. I'm, I'm actually looking out for your best. I, I have this in mind. And, and, and even in, in the worst moments, I'm going to I'm gonna be there. I'm near. I'm not far away. I'm close. There's much to rejoice about. Here, here's our truth of a, a chosen life. Joy is not based on a single moment, but rather a constant choice to trust in an optimistic future. So 
It's not just in the moment. We can be happy. I don't, I'm not down on I'm being happy today. It's okay. It's great. But it's not, it just it doesn't last. It's this deep work of joy that we have. I, I came across Habakkuk this week and just reminded, this puts in perspective. This is what it says. The prophet says this. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms, even though there's no grapes on the vines, even though there's no olive crop, that olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty yet I will rejoice in the Lord I will be joyful in the God of my salvation I'll cho- I'm choosing this we're choosing joy happiness comes and goes in seasons and in seconds I mean you can be happy one moment and depress the next right just because that's great that's not it just that's just the way it goes joy is this constant state knowing at the end there's going to be a positive ending the story will end well will end well as we as committed followers of him so no matter what happens whatever goes on in this earth just be reminded this is a dress rehearsal this is a warm-up this is just a this is just practice for the real thing called heaven for all eternity. And so that perspective of mine is so important. What are we called to? To rejoice, to re-up joy every day, to actually choose joy. Now, how do we do that? Okay, that, I mean, that's, we got to, how, how in the world, how, how do we, how can we experience that level of even, not just saying it, but really, really believing it? How do we rejoice? Well, again, as rejoice is a choice, I want to give us some, some practical thoughts Keep this in mind as we read these verses, as the person who's writing them, remember where they're writing them from. In some way, somehow, they found a place of joy in the circumstances they're in to give us these today. So if you're taking notes, you can follow along. Rejoice is a choice. First is this, is this when we put prayer over panic. When we put prayer over panic. We'll look what Paul says about prayer in a moment, but I'll be honest with you, I don't always choose prayer first when something happens. Sometimes my phone rings, and I look to see who's calling, and I'm going, uh-oh, what do they want? <laughs> or my kids will call sometimes. You ever kids, if you have grown children, maybe teenagers, and they call you, and you're like, what's wrong? Because <laughs> they don't normally call. Even those that's called the phone, they don't actually call anybody with it. They I say, you, you know, you usually message me. Are you okay? Is everything okay? What's wrong? What broke? You know, how much money you need? You know, that. And it's like, no, I'm just calling to say hi. Really? You are? Yeah. Like, oh, that's, that's sweet of you to do that. But at first you're kind of like, okay, good, good, good. Nothing's, nothing. But we do that. We'll get the call, and we're having a great day, and we get that call. And, I, and as, even as a pastor, there's these I say seconds, sometimes minutes, maybe a day, where we're kind of in the panic mode more than the prayer mode. That's our, that's our, our reaction to that. And, and, and let me ask, is your first reaction to bad news, panic, or prayer? This is what Paul says to tackle the problem. He says this, don't, do not be anxious about any, anything. Anything? In every situation. Every situation? What does he say? By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Oh, sounds good, Paul. Where did he write from? He's incarcerated. 
he's writing these words. Because happiness is it's circumstantial. It's, it's, where, it's whatever is happening. Joy comes a little bit different. So with that comes, to, don't, don't panic, but to pray. Don't be anxious about anything. Anything? Like what about and, and them and yeah, any, anything. Sudden news can cause us a place of panic. And, and then there's the sudden things that happen. It throws us in it. But I, I've learned lately that things that kind of are growing concerns become weighty on you, don't you? Like, you know, growing concerns about our family or about our job or about our physical health, our emotional health. That it's, it's mounting latent kind of like stress and panic and, and, and anxiety that comes over us. And I think if I'm just speaking to myself, could be you today, that if, if we let it build up, it's almost toxic levels for our soul. And it builds. And I talked last week about this, about bitterness. It's the same thing. Like we just let it build and we let it build and build. And, and we can miss God's grace in our lives because of specifically that. But even in our life, we, 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 it zaps our joy. To, to, to experience what, what really God has because, because of panic over, over prayer. And I, I think I'm learning a lot of it has to do with my control of things. If I can, if I can kind of control my circumstances and things I'm doing, but, and then it gets out of my control, I, I don't, sometimes I don't know what to do. And I, I hit the panic button versus I go, I go to prayer. Uh, this week I was reading, uh, it's uh, Maria Kondo. She, do you know who that is? She had a Netflix series where she talked about what sparks joy, and she helped hoarders sort out things. Because let's face it, we can live a cluttered, cluttered life and a cluttered closet. And so getting rid of things is a good thing, by the way. I asked my wife, I'd probably throw away too many things. Uh, that's a bill. Why'd you throw that away? But anyway, I just like clearing things out. So you can take it too far. Well, it's funny, Marie Kondo, this might burst your bubble. In fact, she's caused a stir a little bit. Uh, Marie Kondo has kind of backed away a little bit in her tidiness of life. So instead, you know, she, she's, actually, she's actually not really following her ways any longer. You know what happened? She got three kids. <laughs> Which was really funny. Like, oh, I think part of it, you can't get it all perfect, all lined up all the time. If you don't, one thing gets out of place, it throws us. Life is chaos. Life is building. What do we need to do? Rather than hit panic, what, Jesus says this, can any of you by worry add a single hour to your life? How much of an hour, have you taken an hour and worried about something? How about from three to four in the morning you've thought about it, right? Oh, that's a wasted hour right there. Precious sleep. We get so sidetracked by it. So prayer is there. And, I, and, I, and, and here, let's be real. It doesn't mean there's not fear involved, okay? We can say, oh, I just need to have faith and not fear. No, I don't think, I think we, if you're really stepping on faith, there's going to be fear. There's going to be, it's, it's but what you do through it. Where you, you can't go around it. You work, you work through it. I, I, I thought this was really interesting today, or this week I was reading about the, you know, the first, you know, the resurrection moment when the ladies saw that the, the, there was an empty tomb, this is what it says. It says in Matthew, they, they were afraid as they ran to others, but were filled with joy. They, they were afraid, yet filled with joy. Fear is real. It, it, you can't run from it. You've got to run through it. But where are you going? You can actually have joy in your life. This is crazy, but actually still work through your fears because ultimately you know the end. There's an optimistic future. God has the best in mind. And so what we do is call it for what it is. Don't flip out about how freaked out you are. 
just say, God, I'm there. I, I want to turn to you first. I want to run to you first. I believe you're sovereign, and there's a bigger story that's going to be unfolded unfold, for it. So I'm asking, wondering lately, how much where I'm at spiritually, emotionally healthy if I spent more time praying than worrying, right? God, God's saying, or Paul's saying this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. He says this type of prayer is petitioning. It's okay to ask God for help, by the way. You're wondering, can I ask God for, yes. He wants us to ask. He wants us to petition him. Why do we do that? Doesn't God already know our needs? Absolutely. He knows he can pray better prayer requests for you than you can pray for yourself. He knows specifically more than what you need. But why do we pray? He wants us to ask, and that when he answers, guess what? We'll know. We'll know that he did it. We had a great prayer circle this morning in our pre-service team, the gathers. If you ever want to come and just pray with us, come, come early. And we have a gathering in the back. We do this with those who are serving. And to hear God answer prayers, a baby that was, that was boy, it was a, the, the mom had some tough pregnancies and now is being born. And we just begin to share just rejoicing in what God has done. We, we share those things, but, but know this is that when they're answered, we'll know that. But here's the interesting thing. When we pray, he says this, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. You're presenting your requests to God. Can I encourage us? And I, I have a habit of doing this. I'm not presenting the solution to God. God, I want you to answer it, but could you do it this way, this way, and this way? And actually that order too. That one first, then this one, then this one. And then I'll work out to, well, our plan, God. Hmm. No, God's saying, don't give me the recipe, okay? I'm not baking a cake for you. I'm going to do what I'm going to do in the way I'm going to do it, in the time I'm going to do it. And so, but if we're listening to the Lord, as we've been talking lately about intimacy with Jesus, whatever you think Jesus says, if you're friends of me, if you're a friend with me, everything I've known from the Father I'll make known to you. You'll have that revelation. You'll know the answer that's there. But we still say, God, I, I request it. Don't give me something, Lord. I'm not demanding anything, but I, I present my request to you in the way the best I know to do that. And just be honest. It doesn't have to be a fancy prayer. You don't have to have like little, little words you got to share. Just like if it's a grunt, it's a grunt to God, okay? You know what I mean? God hears the groans. He knows our heart. Just give it honestly to him, and he will answer according to his will. So I love that, God. I, I can release that to you, and I can find joy in my circumstances because I know ultimately what you're going to do. And then what happens when we do, here's a powerful promise. Verse 7, it says this. I love it. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This peace is, is supernatural. What it's saying is joy's that way. That, that, that it's not based on circumstances. It's not based on the way God's going to answer it. But when we give it to God, no matter what the answer is, that what comes upon us that we receive is peace that transcends understanding, transcends our circumstances, transcends anything else and anywhere what's going on, that we release that control of the Lord. And then what does he give us? He gives us guards our minds our hearts and our minds right guarding our heart i don't know about you but that means what we talked about last week guard me from bitterness and anger and, and hurt that i take on i'm not going to keep that in my heart and then guards my mind so that supernaturally i'm not letting affect and worry and, and, and other issues that come so then in that place i can find peace because i gave that 
in prayer rather than in panic. Another thing a rejoice is a choice is this. It's, it is mind over matter. I love Star Wars, and I love how they, you know, the mind tricks, and they could get floating objects. Like today, wouldn't it be great if, you know, you're watching a playoff football game, and you're just really thirsty for something to drink, and you could just mentally open up your fridge, and that, that soda just floats across the room. You didn't have to get yourself off the couch to do that, right? But listen, it's, we're not, when we talk mind over matter, we're not talking kind of telekinesis, but there is an interesting scripture It says in Proverbs, for as a, a man thinks, so shall he be. It starts with the mind. It really is an important thing. So we, we can drift back to the bad, and we got to be careful of this. And so that's what Paul says is, as much as you are giving those things to God, last week we talked about getting rid of bitterness and anger and rage and everything, there needs to be a replacement. Because guess what? Even though we, we spend a lot of time in religion getting away from the bad stuff, but the bad stuff will come back in if we don't replace it with the good stuff. And this is what he says in verse 8, what to do then to substitute that out is this. He says, Paul says this in, in, in our choice to rejoice, starting with mine, he says, finally, brothers and sisters, he says this, whatever is true. So he's, he's talked about thinking of these things. Whatever is true, that means whatever is valid, whatever is reliable, that's opposite of lies, Whatever is noble, which is worthy of respect rather than dishonoring others. Whatever is right, so that's whatever is just. Whatever is good, whatever is just, think about that. Whatever is pure, morally pure, avoiding lust or ill feelings or whatever that's corrupting our mind. Whatever is lovely, peaceful and agreeable. Whatever is admirable, praiseworthy, attractive. And then he says this, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think of such things. You're thinking, I don't know, my mind wanders, and we're all over the place, I don't know what to do. He, what did he say? Think of such things. You can control your mind. Unless there's some conditions, mental illness, and things that happen, that's a real thing, real conditions, so they're there. But for most of us, we can't do that. We can control our minds. And we can stop and go, why am I thinking the way I'm thinking? What do I need to put in my place that I think things? Rather than just get rid of all the bad stuff, what am I filling my mind with? So just go with me on this on a practical level. How do you exchange one bad habit for the positive habit in our mind? If you have the habit of lying, what do you do? Well, you read God's truth over and over again to fill you with that so your mind is filled with truth, not, not fables or lies. Um, habit of lusting. Well, switch off the screen and fancy images and actually talk to a real person. Spend time with real human beings. How about the habit of, of jealousy? Maybe someone you're jealous of. Well, go do good things for someone else that doesn't have it as good as you, and, and that can replace it. Yeah, think, of, think of other areas of your life of the replacement of that because what you're doing and a choice to rejoice. You're not just having great intentions. You're actually doing something about it. And it's doing this. It's practice over intention. Practice over intention. One of the grave dangers in our informational age, we think we can do anything, with, um, especially when it comes to plumbing and electrical, because we have, we have YouTube. And I believe me, I, my wife has been a queen of YouTube. She's so good at fixing things. And she showed me, like, well, just watch this. And, you know, I've learned to replace things and do things. But I also know my limit because, um, well, electricity could kill you. So 
I want to learn. And so if you're kind of venturing out and you don't know how to do that, could you at least make sure you, you film yourself when you're fixing something so that becomes viral and we can watch and laugh at you? No, that, to your death. That would be horrible. I won't, I won't suggest that. But all that to say is as much as there's the how-tos, there is some things that we can do. There's the steps of what we're, we can do. And, and mastering your craft, and, and it has to be a habit. You have to do it through repetition. That's what Paul says. He says, whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or see in me, put it into practice. And here it is. And the God of peace will be with you. So we're taking like, oh, I just needed to be, I needed to be, have more joy in my life. I just need to find what sparks joy. I just need, no, no. There's, yes, that's true. But what am I doing to put in practice to experience that joy? There is some work in the work. There is some effort that's there, okay? Putting, it doesn't always come naturally, okay? If you're trying to go from flabby to firm, okay, I'm just telling you that doesn't happen naturally. I've tried that, okay? Not doing anything doesn't work that way. You have to put effort toward that. If you're naturally gifted in, in music, let us know, because we love to encourage you with our band to help, but it's not, you're not going to be American Idol overnight if you're not practicing, right? You're going to have to put effort towards that. It's the same way emotionally and spiritually. We're not naturally good at caring. We're not, you know, we're, we're, we're selfish people. We're, we're not always nice. We're not always loving. Well, some of you are, okay? Most of us struggle with that. It doesn't come naturally. We're sinful, broken, decrepit people at the end of the day. What we have to do is make effort toward that. There's an effort, there's a, there's a work that we put into it. I, I love like Hebrews, continue to remind of this. He's, it, it, the Bible says this, consider what? Pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, so you know that the testing of your faith does this. It develops perseverance. And what is perseverance? It must finish its work. The perseverance has to finish its work so that you become mature and complete, not lacking anything. If you want to be mature, you want to be complete, look at how great, a, guess what? There's a lot of work in it. And there's a lot of work, and it's that learning and growing and perseverance that's there. And so a question for us every single time we come is this. What I'm learning today, how will I put it into practice? That's it. it you could, oh, that was such a great sermon Sunday, Pastor. Great. Well, what'd you do with it? Because I tell you, it was a sucky sermon if nobody does anything with it. Where, Well, you really articulated well. You really got me there in the heart. Yeah, well, what did you do with it? That's the best sermons ever preached is the ones that are lived. How will we do it? It's practiced. Every single week in our doing life together small group, there's a question that says, what impacted from you from Sunday? What are you putting into practice? And to help each other do that. Ultimately, what he says is, this peace comes in your life. And in that peace going, God, you've got a bigger plan, there's a bigger work, and that's where, that's where joy lies in that, that knowing and relinquishing. I'm doing what I know to do, Lord, and you're at work. Because what it leads to this, to choose to rejoice is this, is, uh, is contentment over consumerism. Contentment over consumerism. Uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to one day going back into a third world and spent a lot of time in, in, in Mexico and Honduras years ago. And every time I go there, I'm blown away how consumeristic I am and materialistic I am. 
Because you would you gather in the, some of the poorest of poor, and we come in, especially with the church and believers and everything, and they'll worship God for hours. And they have nothing. The kids play with dirt and sticks. And they're the most joyful people you could ever imagine be around. And they really don't have anything. What does that tell us? None of this stuff matters. It really, really doesn't. It, it, what matters is true contempt and is not materialistic. It's, it's supernatural. Paul says it this way. Remember from a jail cell. He says this. I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. And you're thinking, Paul, you're from a jail. How can you write this? Well, he what plenty like. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews. He had it all. He was, he was, he was an he was elite part of society as a Pharisee. And then when he converted to Christ, it all fell apart. In fact, he becomes hero to most wanted. Paul writes in the letter to Corinth, he talks about long periods of time without food, drink, or sleep, beaten in prison countless times, shipwrecked for three times. I don't think I want to go with this dude on a cruise, okay? Not going on with him, right? He, he, and, and, I'm in, and, and left dead several times. And he writes from a jail cell this. He says, but this is where I'm at. He says, I've learned the secret of being content and in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. Can I, there's anything to achieve? Like, that's the ultimate, isn't it? To literally, truly be. I am content in any and every situation. What's the secret of contentment? He's, he's, he's basically, joy is not this single moment, but rather a constant choice and trusting in the optimistic future. God, Paul knew that ultimately what was going to win and that, that Christ had already won and what we're going to win at the end is there. And that was what led him to that place, to choose to rejoice. Or finally is this, it comes down to this, trust over self-reliance because Paul says that everything and the effort and, and, and the choice and doing that ultimately you're not going to be able to do it on your own ultimately it won't happen on your own and, and he, he says one of the very, very famous scriptures that we quote all the time but it's true it's so important to know this Paul says here's the secret contentment here's how to have a healthy mind here's how to pray without panicking here's how to put it into practice this is what you do this is what you need to do. he says I can do all this through him who gives me strength that's the end of the day it is not us trying harder 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 no it is relying upon relying upon relying upon him that he will do it through us notice he says this who who not you know not who gave me but who gives me strength it's a constant reminder reliance upon him moment by moment did paul have bad days i'm sure he did Okay, I'm sure he, he goes, man, this sucks being in chains here. I'm sure there was days like that. Come on. But ultimately he knew that where his joy is going to come, it was not going to be in the circumstances. It was going to be in knowing this ultimate outcome that I can be in this place, the secret, a place of contentment that comes, which is joy in Jesus. He wraps up after he shares some thank yous and everything in chapter 4 and then he sums up really we'll close today with is this he says and my God he says as he's met my needs and everything but he says to you and I he says this and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus 
We need to remember all the resources, all the things. It's endless what God has. He chooses to bless and he chooses to give and meeting their needs according to his plan, his way, his outcome of what he has. That ultimately what he gave us. I'm going to invite our team to come as we wrap up. Because we make the daily choice to rejoice. There's no way, though, we can live out the potential without his power. True joy comes from trusting in his provision, and ultimately that's what Jesus did and provided for us. Let's be reminded Jesus came with one mission, and it's this, not to make us happy, but to make us holy. And that pursuit of holiness and that pathway is not easy, and we cannot do that on our own. But through that pathway will lead to joy. In fact, joy was the very motivation. Jesus chose joy. What do you say? It was the joy that set before him. He endured the cross, scorned shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. It's through that pathway of joy that we'll find true joy in our life. And I'm going to close with this question. I want you to think about it this week even. Have you found what this world can never, ever offer you? Have you found it? If you're watching online, have you found it? Have you found it? Really, have you found him? That the ultimate need is Jesus. It's all we need is Jesus. And Jesus is the one that gives us everything that we need. Jesus is the one that gives us all the strength. Jesus, only, and, and he says that my joy may be complete. This joy I have for you, that's where completeness is. We experience that in your life. And it's, it has nothing, not even say little, it has nothing to do with your circumstances. That you can, you can find joy in a beautiful sunny day, in a beautiful day, and I hope you can take a walk, and, and maybe your team will win, and, and, and the Seahawks are in there, who cares any longer? Except for Dave San Francisco. We're cheering for San Francisco today. We've got a 49er fan here. I, uh, your team might not win. You might have this week, this, things fall apart. You, 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 might, you might have really good days and really bad days of, and, and you realize, oh, I'm not really happy right now. Well, we're not, we're not in it for happiness. We're in it for the joy, that supernatural joy. So what do you need to let down? What do you, what do you need to give to the Lord? What is it that you just need to release to him so you can find truly that secret of contentment this morning? So I'm gonna invite you to just pray. I think ultimately right now, I'm sensing the Lord saying, just like trust in my goodness. Trust in what's be- my best. Trust in my sovereignty. Trust in my, my perspective. That even what you're hoping did not work out. What, what, what brought you to not only this day from this week, but this life. What you thought, where you would be and where you're doing at this point, you didn't expect the Lord is just saying, just, just trust me. Trust in what I have for you, and I will give you. As I, if you turn your life over to me, I will give you joy. I will give you peace that passes all understanding. It will guard your heart and mind in me. I will give you ultimately what you need to bring the fulfillment, but ultimately it isn't even about you. It's about me and what I want to do is my joy. I chose joy and I chose you when I went to the cross to, for, to, to cleanse you from your sin. Choose me today. Choose 
what I have for you today, that you will find joy and your joy will be fulfilled in me. And ultimately, through you, others will experience the same. That's ultimate. That's the secret. So Lord, we pray, we pray for that, for, for us, for all of us, Lord. If there's some here that, man, they're just not sure on Jesus, they're not sure of their commitment, well, they just say, yes, Jesus, I need you. You went to the cross. I need your forgiveness. I need your cleansing. I, I confess and believe that you're my Lord, my Savior. I, want, I need you. I need your salvation. There's nothing in this world that, I can, that bring contentment but you. And I pray that if there's anyone here to receive you today, they would do that. But for all of us today, May whatever's in the way, whatever worry, whatever concern, whatever not yet, whatever, God, may we be freed from it all, Lord. May we be freed to pursue you and to follow you and that, that really ultimately through you, we can do all things through you who give us the strength to live out what you have for us. And we find that contentment in everything else we get. Everything else we get in this world and receive is all just a bonus. It's all just frivolous. It's great. I'm not going to deny good times, but Lord, it's you ultimately. When nothing goes well, nothing is, it's you, Lord, that we have. And that's you who, who we will have at the end for all of eternity. Lord, may we live this out this week. May we live legitimately with people, a people of joy, that they would see the secret of contentment in and through our life, and they would be attracted to you, not us, attracted to you, what you have for them as we live in and through you this week. In Jesus' name, amen. I just invite you, let's stand as we close. and. I just encourage you just to just give some, take some moments, process the message and say, God, I want to release things to you. I, need, I, I, want to, I just want to worship you and thank you. And as we do that today, there's an opportunity. You want some prayer. We're here to serve you and do that. And please come next, next week. We got some, two more weeks on this thing uh, that, it's some, that we're building on something here. So I hope you can be back for that. But let us know. Please, if you're writing in, hey, what God's doing in your life on that card, that would be helpful for us as we do that. But let's close in this song again.